All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, wonderful Wednesday. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show. I'm the sports editor, TSN 1260. I'm Jason Greger. Big thanks to uh, Strutty and the con man for holding down the fort for the uh, past few days. We're still on the air, so it's good news. Good sign. I love it. Wow. I always know you're in good hands with uh, those two running the ship. Gregor Show, as always, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Experience all the excitement at Casino on your desktop or mobile device right now at PlayAlberta.ca. Try today as a new player, and you will receive a $50 welcome bonus. Use the promo code SPORTS50 at PlayAlberta.ca. We have a loaded show. Man. Like, what did I miss in two days? Because when I try to stay away, I try not to, to, to follow sports too much. But, you know, obviously yesterday, the uh, the the golf bombshell. And I've been reading up on it today. And I'll be honest, I still don't understand. Like, I understand, but I don't understand. Like, I can see why the, the PGA players are livid. They were fed this whole thing, oh, you'll be traitors if you leave, and they're just fed all this. Those guys will never come back. They got all their signing bonuses up front, and now everybody's back, and they just lost out on huge cake. For what? Now, the one benefit of Liv was that the PJ Tour got significantly increase in purses, so that's good for the players. But when you compare it, it isn't the same. Now, some would say, hey, that's business, man. You had the choice. You made the choice. And and I wonder uh, where people stand on that. So uh, we'll get into more of that today. For uh, soccer fans, huge move. Lionel Messi is coming to North America. He will play for Inter Miami in MLS. That's, you know, hey, is, is there a bigger star in the world of soccer slash football right now? I don't think so. Now, how much does he have left? I think he's got enough. But this is this is big for uh, MLS, and probably uh, you know the NHL goes on notice. Like, hey, we we do, we have to keep rolling to ensure we don't get passed by MLS. Some would argue maybe you already have, but uh, that is huge news, huge news that uh, leaves uh, PSG. 
and is coming to uh, MLS. Obviously, uh, money talks, no question about it. So we will uh, we'll touch on that a little bit uh, later on in the uh, the program today. Uh, Mike Rupp will be by talking uh, NHL. The Panthers, obviously, it's a must-win game tonight. You can't go down 0-3. You got no chance. It's a must-win game if they have any hope. And, hey, how about this? Just try to win their first ever Stanley Cup game. They are 0-6 now in the uh, Stanley Cup final. Jason Jackson will be by. We will uh, set up the uh, NBA game as the uh, Heat. Huge game to win. Huge. That looks like a series, baby. Uh, Jordan Hall will talk us, of course, big trade yesterday. And it's rare to have a three-team trade in the NHL when you look and say, well, you know what, I can understand this trade from Columbus' standpoint. I can understand it from L.A. standpoint. I understand it from Philly's standpoint. I like it for different reasons for all the teams. Obviously, Columbus gets the best player. There's no debate on that. Uh, there was a lot of talk, Philly, about Carter Hart, and I saw some people, oh, uh, Hearing Edmonton, nah, I don't know where they got that from. I'm not hearing that. I'd be, I would be very surprised, as of right now, that the orders were uh, heavily involved in, in Carter Hart talks. So I don't think Phil, like, Philadelphia is not going to have Peterson and Campbell next season. Come on now. That's two guys making five schmill, both who are looking to rebound. It's a pretty big risk, I would think. So I'd be surprised if uh, Carter Hart ends up uh, in Edmonton right now. We'll see. But uh, Jordan Hall will talk. Uh, hey, where is Carter Hart going? What other uh, moves are the uh, Flyers going to make as uh, Jones and Briere teaming up? See what they do. The uh, the L.A. Kings, a lot of people wonder, does this open the door for them to sign Corpusalo, or are they going to go hot and heavy for Mr. Hellebuck? Uh, the L.A. Kings, that's a very interesting decision. Hey, you got uh, Vegas, who are obviously two wins away from the Stanley Cup final, which would mean the uh, second consecutive year. The Oilers have lost to the Stanley Cup champion, barring, I, I think, a, a really big comeback here where Florida is going to have to win four of the next five games. It's you know, it, Depending, I guess, how you look at it, if you're the uh, the, you're the Edmonton Oilers, it can, it can be good in one sense and can be uh, – does it mean anything in another sense? Yeah, you lost to Colorado. They won. They were very good. Had you beat them, would you have uh, beat Tampa Bay? You never know for sure. You would have said maybe. Decent chance. I think had they beaten Vegas this year, it would have been a better chance. Tampa Bay last season, man, that would have been tough for the orders. But when I look at Vegas this year, and Vegas is very good, don't get me wrong, but... I have an article that just came out at OrdersNation.com because I, I've, I've read a lot of stuff here since, you know, watching Vegas. There was like, oh, Edmonton's got to go four lines. i got to go four lines like Vegas. I broke down the series against Vegas. Did you know that in every game except game five, and it was a difference of 13 seconds, the Orders had more offensive zone possession time than Vegas at five on five. I'm not including power play. I'm talking five on five. A few. What happened in the Vegas series... And I think most of you know it. People will try to find different answers. To Oh, no, it's this. No. The first four games, each team dominated twice. We'd all agree. Game one and three, Vegas, two and four, Edmonton. Full marks for the victories, both teams. Now it's a best of three. You get to game five, and the orders, periods one and period three, they're the better team in both games. But they self-destructed in the middle period. That's what cost them. And that's how finicky the line can be sometimes in the playoffs. And I, I know there's lots of talk about the orders in five-on-five, five and you know, do they have to limit the minutes of McDavid and Drysaddle? I have a two-part series. Part one's today. Part two comes out tomorrow. Then we'll break down the whole thing because there isn't just one specific area if you just want to look at time on ice. It's an easy one to look at. Nathan McKinnon, over the last two seasons, is the only player who averages more minutes per game, five-on-five, than McDavid and Drysaddle, who are second and third, respectively. And McKinnon won a Stanley Cup the year before. So, hey, you can do it. You look at a lot of the other guys up there. Then you got to look at production. Then you have to look at goals against. Right, And then, you, you know, you can look at points per 60, if you like. 
Because that maybe evens it out if, if one guy's playing a little bit more. Because in theory, you think if you play more, well, you have more chances to score. Sure. Doesn't guarantee you'll score more. So I looked at uh, points per 60. It looks at lots of different things. Goals against, which I think is a, is a factor. Did you know? Because I went through the top 32 players at points per 65 on five. Forwards, that is. And out of those 32, did you know that Connor McDavid at five on five had the 10th best save percentage, on-ice save percentage, five-on-five, five, amongst those top 32. Would that surprise you? Drysaddle was 20th. Because so, some people say, oh, it's just goaltending. Mm, not so fast. So we'll look at a lot of different things. I, I do think there is a connection, but it's probably not the one that some people are, are pushing right now. I know a lot of people talk about Vegas four lines. Edmonton's got to roll four lines more. Well, I went through the line combinations. Really, the difference was, when it came down to it, in that series against Vegas, the uh, the fourth line played a little bit more than Edmonton's fourth line. But the but the other top nine guys were, were pretty similar when it came to minutes on ice. It wasn't, it wasn't a huge discrepancy in ice time. I like Kane and Drysdale McDavid... Yeah, they played more. A few more minutes. Now, a lot of that came to game six because McDavid in the final two periods of game six, God, he played half the game. Right? So, so that definitely increased his numbers. If you go look at actually the first five games, the, the gap is even smaller. But what happened in the Vegas series was the orders got crushed by one line. Eichel, Marcheseau, Barbashev. That line crushed the orders. They went even against McDavid's line. Eichel was 2-2. Two and two. Then he was 6-0 uh, no against the other lines. Six goals, four, none against. Now, you, you look at Marcheseau and uh, and Barbashev, they were 7-0. Oh. Like, that that was the difference. Right? That was the difference. So, well, uh, I look to see. I don't think there's major changes that the orders need. But there are some coaching changes, and I think a, a coaching approach that Jay Woodcroft's going to have to consider. And uh, you'll hear about that in part two tomorrow. So a little teaser, but you want to check it out, you can at ordersnation.com today, and uh, we'll talk about 5-on-5. Uh, five five. Uh, also uh, today on the show, we will uh, hear from uh, Adika Peter McNeely as the Edmonton Stingers are back in action on Saturday night. What a weekend, local sports. you got Stingers on uh, Saturday. You have, of course, the uh, Edmonton Elks and their home opener on Sunday against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as the uh, Elks are looking to get a win. Uh, the Riverhawks, of course, uh, they're on the road uh, right now, and they stay on the road. They're back home next Tuesday to start. Uh, they got six straight days of uh, home games against uh, Kamloops and then Nanaimo. So, and then they got a real big uh, long home stand starting uh, June 27th, all the way until uh, July 9th. So, if you're looking to uh, to watch some great baseball, unreal facility, by the way. Uh, they did some more renovations. They got the uh, Delta Valley uh, patio. That they built, it's unbelievable. I don't know if you've been down there, but it is, it's great. Like right now, you know, you, you look at, at affordable family fun, whether you like baseball or basketball or football, you got some options. So be a good summer. Connor Halley is uh, with us. Con man, uh, what, was the, what was the thoughts yesterday when the uh, PGA uh, made that big announcement that they, I don't know if partnering up with Liv is even the right word, but because even reading today, I still don't understand, you know, who, like, how much do the live backers have a say in the PGA now? Yeah, I mean, it just still seems like there's so much uh, questions that have yet to be answered. Yesterday, it was just kind of confusion. I got the text from Strutty right and early. Hey, we need a good golf guest on today. Uh, we, we broke it down as best as we could. But yeah, yesterday, it was a lot of shock, I think, uh, trying to figure out what the main reasoning would be. Uh, we kind of gave our thoughts on it. I had brought up an article that said, you know, Liv had stopped releasing their TV numbers. So maybe, maybe the 
decline in popularity was there something that they were facing but it was absolutely wild none of us saw it coming and you know even some of the insiders saying it shocked them we learned that a lot of the players on the tour uh, Mackenzie Hughes, Colin Marikawa were very outspoken about it on social media saying that they had no idea this is a not a great way to find out on Twitter when you wake up in the morning the whole situation just seems to be a mess the PGA golfers don't seem to be happy uh, I guess for the casual golf fan who doesn't want to look too deep into it, they'll be happy that you'll get all the best golfers competing uh, week to week at the tours. But yeah, it was just an absolutely wild story because I didn't know what we were going to talk about. And all of a sudden we had something. Oh, uh, yeah, I would think so. So it was uh, crazy. Then, of course, the uh, the messy news. Uh, I know you're a big soccer guy. What do you make the messy announcement today? I love it. I love it. I think it's really cool. And I know he had offers to go play all over the world. There was some Saudi money being thrown his way uh, to join. And to join MLS, I think it's really cool. Uh, you know, for the fans that want to see maybe the greatest player of our generation, I, there's probably a few people that might want to argue Ronaldo. I'm a messy guy myself. But, you know, for, for him to join the MLS, it's only going to help the game grow. And it's already growing at a rapid pace in the United States. Uh, next season, when he's with the team, there's going to be an appearance in Vancouver. I mean, how many Canadians are going to be trying to book flights out there to check that out? Or TFC or Montreal? I think it's absolutely fantastic. And for Miami, uh, you know, we know the number is going to be big when it's released. But I, I think it's going to take care of itself because it's just going to grow that franchise. They're going to have a ton of new fans. And I always like seeing these air quotes older soccer players make that trip to north america i mean david beckham was the the first one with la back in the day but we've seen wayne rooney and you know steven gerrard guys do that so i think it's awesome i think it's gonna be great for the game on our continent hey guys uh that's the difference on paper the reason is edmonton's best players aren't held accountable they're terrible defensively in most basic ways mm, i'm not really sold that uh that i agree on that um, well, you can go look at compare McDavid to the other team's best offensive players. That's what I wanted to do. Guys who score a lot, five on five, are usually your you know team's best offensive guys. Would would we agree with that? So if you compare them to guys like McKinnon, Matthews, all of those, right? Um, and and you want to look at McDavid has is twelfth in goals against per sixty, twelfth. How is that so terrible? I don't, I'm not, I'm not sold on that. Are there times where, yeah, I think they have to learn. Leon Drysaddle was the one who admitted it and, and said it. Like the orders as a group. And, hey, your best players are the ones who play the most, so they're definitely part of it. I don't think there's any doubt on that. But I, I wouldn't say that they're, they're never held responsible for anything. Are you telling me that if there's a mistake made and they give up a goal that you're going to bench them in the playoffs? Keep in mind, McDavid and Drysaddle the year before, like single-handedly, got the order to the third round. So I, I think a statement suggesting that they're never responsible—I don't think that's right. I will say this though: I think there's a, tr a little bit of truth when you look at the bigger picture. That less can be more, and I believe the coach—the number one thing Jay Woodcroft has to do next season—is eliminate the crutch. And the crutch is McDavid dry settle. I'm sorry. It has to be minimal time together five on five next year. If you want your team to improve and build and be ready for the playoffs, that's what has to happen. Nothing else. That is the main thing. Don't fall for it. It empowers other players. There's lots of benefits. Is there going to be some learning curves? Maybe. Sure. But that would be my number one thing. If I was looking to coach, say, you know what? That doesn't mean you can't do it here and there. But I'm not starting games like that. I'm not wasting practice time with them running together all the time. You do that for power play. Enough's enough. Eight, nine years in the league. It's your number one. Because you don't have a number two center. Nugent Hopkins on a center anymore. Even with They played Nick Bukestad at center ahead of Nugent Hopkins. There's all you need to know. Nugent Hopkins on a center anymore. That's fine. He's a winger. They don't have a second line center. So now you really weaken your team. By doing it. Now, if you want to do it when you're trailing the last few minutes of, of the third period, 100%. You want to do it the odd time in the game, maybe uh, after the other team's had a few power plays and try to get momentum back? Yeah, sure. Shift here, there. Fine with it. Because those two, they can go months and not play together and then play together and they'll be fine. But I think the crutch of playing them even 30% of the time together, it's got to drop down significantly. That, to me, is the number one thing. So 
We'll get into uh, all of that today. We'll take uh, a quick break. Mike Rupp will join us next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Didn't mention this earlier, but for all of you who are wrestling fans, and most of you are, maybe not as much now, maybe you are now, you were in the past, but one of the great wrestling figures who is a really funny follow on Twitter, the uh, Iron Sheik, passed away today. Um... His uh, wife of 47 years and uh, his uh, three children are uh, left to mourn him. But uh, man, he was—he was quite, quite the character. Uh, if if you followed him, but honestly, on Twitter, he was hilarious, man. He was—he uh, was pretty funny. So, uh, whose real name, of course, was uh, Hossein uh, Koshraf Ali Vasiri, and uh, I apologize if I'm not saying that correctly, but. The uh, Iron Sheik, as many of you know, uh, unfortunately uh, passing away today. Now, let's uh, talk a little uh, National Hockey League. Of course, the uh, the playoffs continue on as we go around the NHL. Brought to you by McDonald's, your destination for chill summer treats with all the favorites you crave. Enjoy a Sunday or snack-sized milkshake for only $2 or get a cone for only a buck right now through the McDonald's app. As we uh, welcome in... Mike Rupp, an extra day off between the uh, Stanley Cup final. Of course, uh, Game 3 goes tomorrow in uh, Florida. Tonight, though, hey, Rupp, are you going to the NBA game? What's happening? <laughs> What's up, fellas? No, I am not. I am not. I had, a, I had a long, we had a delayed flight last night, got in like 3 in the morning. I'm just, I'm a slug today down here, man. Not going to lie. We're going on air right now, so i am got my coffee in me, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay low. I'll watch the game, but uh, I'll be in bed watching it. Ah, man, the old rubber. This is quite the party town. You got the NBA and the NHL finals going on right now. It's kind of, (laughs) kind of crazy to have it at both cities at the same time in games, uh, three and four. Basically, uh, rotating nights here for the next four nights should be awesome. And of course, the messy news in Miami. It's the hottest place to go right now. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, you're trying to convince me, man. I I see what you're doing. It might, might, it might be working a little bit, but now it's pretty crazy. It's cool cool to have that i mean just think of imagine any other city like having this going on at the same time like i mean that's super i, I remember back in the 2016 nhl uh, uh playoffs or stanley cup finals i should say and then the nba finals it was it, it wasn't totally the same area but remember it was Cavs, warriors penguins yes. sharks and yeah. i got to go to one i got to go to a game at uh in cleveland because i was in pittsburgh and it's an hour and a half and then i was able to go to a game out in uh in uh in golden state as well and that was cool because you kind of got to encapsulate some of the energy around but this is even better because it's even closer yeah it would be amazing um a little bit different uh the nba team a big win uh, meanwhile the uh, the panthers they got to regroup here and i know a lot of people are saying oh Bobrovsky's not the same and I, I think that's part of it but vegas has crushed every goaltender they faced it doesn't really matter how they attack they're, they're able to, to to make the goalies like none of them have a high save percentage or lighten them up at a different time jack campbell's the only exception i should point out in limited minutes jack campbell was uh, was outstanding but I, I look at florida defensively what do you feel they have to change if they want to help their goaltender for game three Oh man, it's tough because I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I I don't think Bob has been as poor as maybe some people have have stated. Um, he he has had a lot of obstruction in front of him, and it's not even necessarily Vegas. I mean, I'd say about four or five goals so far have been his his own players in front of him, um, and and it's kind of a, a weird time. So this is this is the weird thing. It's a tough thing. It's a very unforgiving thing in the NHL. I. The Florida Panther, Panthers, this kind of encapsulates to me what they're doing wrong in the playoffs, is they're all trying to do the right thing. They have the right intentions, but they're just getting all over the place and outside themselves. And blocking shots is one of those things that they're doing that, where you're, they're going to block the shot. They want to block the shot, but they're not blocking it. And turn, you're taking the eyes away from your goaltender. He's not seeing anything. So, And these are some shots from distance that we've seen. And, and ones that Sergey Bobrovsky, you're talking the best goalie, that's yeah, he uh, best player probably in the playoffs. He he will stop that, and he hasn't he hasn't stopped them because he's not seen them. So uh, I've always found like when you're when you're blocking shots, it, it's tough because like I said, there's no forgiveness in it. Like you go out there if you're going to do it, you, you simply have to do it. 
And if you miss it, it's 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 not like oh well you tried. No, because you, you're you're committing yourself to this play, and you're also if you don't complete that play, you're, you're hurting kind of the teammates behind you. And so that's an area like they got to get better. And maybe they're chasing the plays a little bit. Maybe they're running around their zones. They're late to get in those lanes, but. I mean, I can go on into the, their undisciplined nature, too. Like, everyone's trying to be physical. Everyone's trying to bring high energy. But they're just doing too much right now, and they're, they've been undisciplined as well. So um, I don't know what you do. I, I think that this – I think that it's got to be kind of the perfect storm for this team to come back. Um, Vegas is just a different animal right now. They're deep, they're loaded, and they're leaning on you, and it doesn't look good right now. Mike Rob joins us. I'm at Sports Theater TSN 1260. Uh, Jonathan Marcia. So if, if I was voting right now, I think he'd be my vote for the uh, for the con smite. He's been unreal. He's really been good in the second, third, and fourth series as the playoffs have gone deeper. He just keeps scoring big goals uh, for that team. Obviously, Jack Eichel's been pretty solid as well. But I, I look at at Marcia. So and and that whole line really of Barbashev and Eichel. If you're the Panthers and you're Paul Maurice, now you have last change. Are you chasing a matchup? Is there a line like is it bark off or die? Do you have to go bark off, bark off, bark off all the time? I, I honestly, I think for Florida to win, I think you have to have Matthew Kachuk playing out of this world, Sergey Bobrovsky playing out of this world, and you need Sasha Barkov playing out of this world. And right now, because they haven't been able to score, haven't been able to get to the inside, I feel like in a lot of different ways. And not that Barkov doesn't have the necessary the demeanor of playing big and mean and getting to the front of that, but he's big and he's super skilled. I don't know. I would actually probably put more of an assignment on the D. I try to get, I try to go an Aaron Eckblad matchup on, on the top line for Vegas and try to see if you could free up Sasha Barkov a little bit. He's got to, he's got to bring some more. He's got to find another level. And I, I thought he was going to bring that in game two. And he, he, he wasn't that great in game two either. So, um, you know, this is, this is a tough spot because he's your – even with Matthew Kachuk, Sasha Barkov might be your most talented player. Matthew just wills it into existence. But Barkov is like – he's supposed to be your – he's supposed to be your best player. And if you have them all focusing on playing defense and the other team's top line, I mean, this team's got no chance then. No, that's, that's fair. That's uh, totally valid. I, you know, I thought the matchup heading in – about Vegas's defense over Florida's defense was just it was a huge advantage the size you know I think there's better pure defenders on Vegas they have more playoff experience Stanley Cup experience and that's really shown here like Aiden Hill is a good goalie rupper but like they're making Aiden Hill look like a superstar right now and good for him because you know a lot of people think Aiden Hill's going to cash in I'm you know, I'm not sold on that or not but he uh, the defense in front of him and Aiden Hill when called upon makes the big stops no question about it but that defense makes the job a lot easier. Yeah, they do. I, they, I've said this for a few weeks when we've been talking, you know, with you guys about about what they're doing well. Like, they lend their goaltenders to be able to play well, but just the way they play. Their style lends to solid goaltending. And you can look, I mean, we know that they've got Sean Burke, and he's great. He's a 6'3", big goaltender, Aiden Hill, big goaltender. He, he can work with them and probably can, can really connect with him because he was a goaltender like that as well as far as just having that size, knowing how to just use your size as a weapon and not be too too active in between in between the posts. So, I mean, he's done an incredible job with all their goalies there, and the goalies have done a good job on their own. But you're going to tell me that they have four or five goalies this year that are all lights out? when they play like I would have to assume that has something to do with what's happening in front of them same thing with Carolina I mean Carolina went three deep they were all very solid at different times in Kachekov Ranta and Anderson so I think those teams that play that way and and, and to your point those big D um, that you don't get second chance opportunities in front of Aiden Hill right now and you you don't get the the, the rebound tap-ins off Aiden Hill. I mean, it seems pretty simple. Like Aiden Hill's job is to play big, challenge that first shot, and we'll take care of the rest. And uh, it's working. And, and again, I don't want that to be any knock to him, Sean Burke, or anything that they're doing there. I mean, they've been incredible. And he's been great at times. Not just good. He's been great at times. But, uh, man, it's just the way that Bruce Cassidy has that team playing. They're D are a big weapon and a big reason why that uh, they're real tough to get to their goaltenders.
Mike Rob Jones, Seven at Sports Center, TSN 1260. Rupper, what'd you make of the three-way trade yesterday? Uh, I liked it, right? Like I think that we all should sit there after every trade, and be like, "Oh, I can understand this for each team," but we don't. I don't know. We don't always feel that way. But I, I feel like you know this is a, a situation with um, Philly's got to kind of try to start getting that conveyor belt going, right? They got to start having players now, um, developing players, and then and then picks in the future, and and kind of keep this thing moving and, and try to get get this roster unstuck a little bit. So um, from their standpoint, then. Obviously, uh, the Gavrikov deal today um, was was yesterday's deal was big because it freed up some cash to do that and probably do some other things here too. I'm interested to see what the Kings do with some of the stuff they freed up and and I think signing Gavrikov is a a nice a nice ticket uh, for them. And then uh, from the Columbus Blue Jackets standpoint, I like Ivan Provorov. I think that he's a guy that needs to get a little less taken off his plate. I don't know how to necessarily evaluate a player over the last couple of years in Philly because it's been that bad. Um, I, I like him as a player. I think he's a he'll be a, a nice piece for them. And uh, you know they also uh, this this team's looking they've got a what they got third overall pick and I think twenty second overall pick in this draft. So they're trying to make things happen here in Columbus. And uh, I, I'm I'm really really interested to see if if Jarmo Kaikalainen can get this team in one year back to being a, a bubble team or make the playoffs next season, I think that's why they go out and make a move like that. 100%. Like, I look at it from – like, I understand it from all three sides, but I, I'm usually a big believer, hey, if you get the best player, then, you know, you win. Plus, when, when you look at Capit and everything else, like, I, I like this deal a lot for Columbus. And you know they're it's obviously nice, make it's a nice dollar it's a nice dollar amount for Ivan Provorov right like I get it he he has had a couple bad years now but what what what's he at Greg is it four six like are you kidding me four six for yeah. the top end defenseman like you can't you you're not paying four six you're you, any top end defenseman you're paying sometimes double that so uh, I love that yeah yeah so uh, you know two years left it's actually four seven but close enough and um, he uh, I look at. At their blue line, you know, with, uh, with with him and, you know, obviously uh, Zach Wierenski I like a lot, right? And, like, he's basically half price of Wierenski. So that that in itself is is good. I, I think they still need a center. There's there's no question about it. But, like, I look at, at, you know, if all the rumors about Mike Babcock going there, and I don't necessarily doubt them by any stretch of the imagination, um, like, I think this is the last hurrah for Kikalainen, right? Like, it's, it's, uh, we're going all in here. We're making some moves because he knows if it doesn't work, he's probably out as GM. Oh, yeah. No, I, I would probably, I'd probably agree with that. Um, he's, he's trying to make things move. And, and quite frankly, he's done that over the years, you know, and, and some of those circumstances that he's had that we, we remember, like those, I, I don't fault him on. It's a little bit of the Brad Trey living situation in Calgary a little bit you know it's like you're trying to find a way to to get things going again I think it was very very big for them to get Johnny Gaudreau to choose them last summer um <laughs> the interesting part for me is because I think that started opening up that and I love Columbus I, I played there yeah. from Ohio Columbus is a great little spot to play hockey it really really is I, I genuinely mean that but um it's not known that way right and there's usually a tax that you have to pay for a player to come play in Columbus as a as a, um, a UFA, and now with potentially Mike Babcock, it, that tax might it might be another tax now. You know what I mean? Like I don't. It, it, I'll be very very interested to see how he's perceived. Um, we know he we know he's a smart hockey guy. Like no, I don't think anyone's ever doubted that. But uh, I think that now they've gotten to a place where it, that that part just seems weird to me. Like you finally shed that no one wants to go to Columbus by getting the biggest guy in free agency, and then you're bringing in the coach that it's going to be hard to bring a lot of players in to play for. So uh, we'll see how this works. He's a good coach. Get some structure in there. Um, you know, I don't think they're done. I, I agree with you. I think this is Yarmo's last ride, and he's gonna can do everything he can. Rupert, does Florida have a chance, or is the series all but over in your eyes? Um, they win one of these games, and now if that's a chance, um, you know you can you can determine that. But I mean, this has been a team that, if you recall, they're down three-one against Boston. So 
Uh, they, I think they've earned me saying that, yeah, they've got a chance still. But, I mean, they, they game three is clearly pivotal. Um, they win that game. I uh, don't know where the series can go. But uh, they, 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 they will win one of these games in, in South, South Florida, I think. Awesome stuff, Rubber. Have a nap and make sure, dude, it's very rare that you're in a city that has the uh, Stanley Cup and the NBA Championship. Bare minimum, go watch it at a sports bar tonight. Bare minimum. You you owe it to me and all of our listeners to just say, you know what, guys? I will. Here I am. I showed up. All right, I'll report back to you. I'll give you All right, buddy, I'll be I'll be I'll be looking forward to a picture. All right, I appreciate it. Uh, All right. There we go, uh, Thanks, Mike Rob. Hey, you know what? You got to do it. Miami, man, that place is off the charts right now. NHL, NBA, Messi. Whew. Not to mention the weather's not bad. Not bad at all. Now, you know what? Uh, as long as they're not banning more books, then hey, be all right. Be all right. Uh, we will take a, a quick break. Uh, we'll talk a little hoops when we return to the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 2.45, Thursday and Wednesday afternoon. Whew. A beautiful day outside today. Man, it's nice. Um, also, a little bit later on in the show, how many of you, uh, like I did yoga many years ago and I haven't done it for a long time. And uh, I need to get back into it. And so I've done a few yoga sessions here in the last few days. I'm not sure there's anything more humbling than going to yoga and, you know, they hey, try this pose or that. And you're just like, are you serious right now? Like, honestly, I, I can't think of, like, I can slice the ball in golf. Never bothers me. I'm like, no, nah, whatever. I'm not a golfer. Like, certain simple movements in yoga, you're just like, really? Not even close. It is a, it's a strange thing. So, some people are, uh, are strings, others are crowbars. I definitely fall more in the uh, crowbar factory. So, there you go. Let's get to the uh, blue and yellow report brought to you by the Edmonton Stingers. A little bit of a downtime for the uh, Stingers, but uh, they will be back in action this Saturday night. And uh, if you are looking for great entertainment, get down to uh, single tickets as low as uh, 20 bucks. Uh, get your tickets to the Expo Center. It's been unbelievable atmosphere uh, at their home games. Uh, very entertaining. And it looks like uh, their offensive guys are uh, getting more comfortable with every game. So you can go to thestingers.ca. Get your tickets. And away you go. Should be should be a really good game. They are at home against the uh, Ottawa Blackjacks on uh, Saturday. Then Monday, they're in uh, Winnipeg. So busy week. Then uh, Wednesday, also uh, back taking on the uh, Saskatchewan Rattlers. And uh, we are joined now by a member, like a longest-serving member of the uh, Edmonton Stingers, Adika Peter McNeely, joins us. Adika, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. Hey, do you do yoga, Adika? No, but I heard what you guys are doing, and I'm in the same boat as you guys. Yeah, yeah, but you're a pro athlete, man. You're probably way more flexible. Like, what, what poses? Because I'm sure you've tried yoga. Which is the one that you're like? Are you joking? Like, I can't come close to doing this. Oh man, there's a bunch actually. You'd be surprised thinking I'm flexible and I play basketball every single day. I still, when I get to those yoga classes, I'm like a rookie. <laughs> oh, awesome! And you're six foot three. I always chuckle when I talk to basketball guys because you're six foot three. You walk around in ninety five percent of the places. You're a really big dude. You get on the basketball court in six three, and you're you feel like Connor Halley, my producer, who's like five nine in the real life. Is is it funny? Is it six foot three, or all of a sudden you're on the court? You're like, damn, I'm not the biggest guy yeah. out here. Yeah, it's pretty funny because like for like you said, like regular life, I could go outside and call this guy, and then once I get to practice, I start looking up at everybody. I'm like, damn. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> so you got a unique career now. You've been at the Stingers a long time. You also, you know what, you've played in uh, in Romania. You've played in Germany. How is it traveling the world, and what's maybe the biggest difference playing ball in Romania and Germany compared to playing for the Stingers? Oh, I mean, for me personally, I think it's just life outside of basketball. You know, like when you're yeah. overseas, you're by yourself for seven months at a time. And you're not seeing another Canadian, you're not hearing much English, the food is different. Just the little things that you kind of take for granted living in Canada, playing for the Edmonton, uh, Edmonton Stingers, and you go to a different country and it's a complete 180. 
How hard was it to, like, because you were in Germany first, right? Like, when you came out of Ryerson, that's where you went first. You played there for a few years before joining the Stingers. And uh, you, you go to Romania. Obviously, it's, hey, wherever someone's going to sign you, that's where you'll go. But just to those two countries, is, is there one you enjoyed more? Oh, you forgot about France. I played in France for a little bit, and I think that was my favorite country to play okay. in France. Yeah, I mean, oh, talk about, like, wake up in the morning and you just get some croissants to go to practice. But, um... <laughs> it was it was <laughs> it was just different. I mean, I, the people there were just really really kind, and it just kind of like resonated with me a lot. Uh, the teams that I was on, it was really good teams. We won a lot of basketball games. And the cities I was in Leo, and it was a really big city. We were able to go to soccer games on off days, so it was just a lot of stuff to do in that country. So then, why wouldn't you stay there? Just opportunities, you know, sometimes okay. uh, for me it's just I want to go and play in different countries. I don't want to have my career just in one place. I want to experience different cultures, different countries, different leagues. So for me to be able to go out there and say, you know, I played in this league for a couple of years and I've been really successful and to move on is like another chapter, another challenge for me. Adika Peter McNeely joins us, member of the Edmonton Stingers. So, Adika, do you have an agent who does all your negotiation or do you call these teams yourself? How does it work? No, I have an agent. So when I came out of Ryerson, there was a couple agents I talked to, and I signed to a new agent. You know, he's uh, my guy. He's from Portugal, so it's kind of different dynamic there with the time zones and everything. But he's been really, really good to me. And, you know, we just sit down and we just talk a lot. What's that? Because you're not trying to get charged with all those roaming charges. But uh, and we just kind of plan out where my career is and where we want to go, what markets we want to attack for next year. And it's just that kind of back-and-forth communication. Adika, the the, uh, the CBL a few years ago, they, they changed the rule, right, that now you, you got to, uh, in the final four minutes, uh, who's ever leading, it's it's nine more points. So you don't play. There's not as many timeouts. or you know, There's not fouls all over the place on purpose a few times, but not as often. Do you like that final four-minute rule, or are you more of an old-school guy and just regular basketball? Man, for me, I'm I'm an old school person, but I'm up for the challenge. I've been playing in this league for five years now, with the target score ending. I think it's four years. I want to say so. I'm pretty um, experienced with it, so I kind of know what to do in those four minutes. It's it's different for everybody. Like each team keeps getting new players, so you have to practice it a lot. But at the end of the day, it's just basketball, you know. So those first 36 minutes of the game is kind of helping us to get to those last four minutes when time runs out. But we're confident. I'm a confident player that when it gets to that time, I'm going to be on the court and I know what I got to do. So how does the mindset change? Because especially if you're the team leading, like in theory, you should say, don't change anything. We got here because we're leading. But what happens? How is the mindset different once you change the target scoring? You just relax a lot more. I think if you're winning, you just relax a lot more. Like, okay, we've been scoring a lot of points. We've been hitting our threes, being into the basket. So nine more points shouldn't matter. And kind of overthink the game, I would say. Okay. And on the other spectrum, when you're losing, you have a nothing-to-lose mentality. So you're going to play more free. You're going to take those shots that you usually won't take. You know, so it's kind of like a little balance between who's winning, who's not winning. And you just have to kind of, like I said, you have to practice both ends. and You have to practice it. Like, you have to practice being up 7, 15, 20 points in Elam and trying to finish off the game. And on the flip side, you have to practice being down and what are you going to do, which lineups work at that time. And also, there's less timeouts. So I think there's more emphasis on the players to make the decisions. I'm a big fan of that. I don't play at the pro level. But as you, a player, do you like that more? It kind of shows which guys think and can feel the game without having to have a stoppage all the time? Oh, for sure. It shows It shows the players with the highest IQ they're going to get it done. Like A lot of times you kind of see players looking to the coach like what to do, what to do. But you want guys on the court that just have a great feel for the game. They're going to know, like, okay, like this is working right now. We don't have any timeouts. We only have one timeout left. We're going to have to go do that. So a lot more talking and communication on the court between the players is needed at that time. Adika Peter McNeely joins us, a member of the Edmonton Stingers. They are back on the floor Saturday night.
taking on the uh, Ottawa Blackjacks. And uh, Adika, just because a guy's coming over, you know, from Europe and everything uh, right before the season started, uh, you know, the first weekend against Calgary probably didn't go uh, the way you wanted. Uh, it seemed a lot of guys who are good shooters, just the shots weren't falling. Uh, we saw that, though, in, in Game 3 where, you know, you guys are over 90 points. Do you feel the offense is now coming to, to where you expected it to be? That You know, you brought in a lot of shooters on this year's squad. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, those first couple games against Calgary wasn't a reflection of who we are as a team and we kind of know that like every single day every game we're going to get better and we don't want to reach our peak until the end of the season but yeah we were just going to get more comfortable with one another you know got some new faces in so it's just the chemistry but everything comes down to practice and the games and we're a confident group right now with guys coming back from injuries and guys coming from overseas finishing up their seasons overseas and getting accustomed to our team. When you look at the quality of play when you started in the league five years ago until now, and, you know, like we saw Moon, he went from the Stingers to the G League to the NBA, and there's a few other guys that went G League also to the NBA. Have you noticed the overall talent now because of that across the league is way better? Oh, for sure. I mean, the first year when I came in, I remember talking to a lot of guys who were playing on season. Like, they're very skeptical. Like, I don't know if I want to play in the summer to – Five years later, everyone's trying to get into the league. Everyone's trying to get a call, like, how do I play? How do I play? So, And the level of guys finishing school, there were guys who are still in school, youth sports players, Division One players coming in and starting their careers right away has boosted the international. Having an international spot has also boosted the game. So just you just add these little elements all over. And now we're year five, and it's probably the best product in basketball in Canada. Uh, are you a little bit of a recruiter yourself when guys are asking you, hey, man, if you want to sign, uh, come sign with the Stingers. How does that work? Uh, no no tampering, but if guys are free agents, you know, I have a lot of friends in the basketball circle. So whenever we feel like, you know, I can help out, I can help out. Just kind of tell them, like, hey, Edmonton, Stingers, the situation here, the organization is really good. But I'm not, I'm not into tampering. I'm not trying to steal no players from any other teams. But yeah, yeah, I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends that you know that I helped out, like Jamal Jones last year. Me and him went to Ryerson together, played together, and I was in his ear. I'm like, come on, man, just play, just play with me a couple, a couple more years, and that kind of helped out. So, like little situations like that. I want to get your thoughts, uh, Adika. Of course, uh, you know, growing up in Ontario, we, we've really seen a massive boon in the in the talent level of Canadians playing basketball. Obviously, at the NBA level, there's more than ever uh, before. You see Jamal Murray, like he, you know, what he's one of the superstars in the game, and there and there's many of them around. Just. Can you even kind of go back? Did you see it coming, you know, even when you were, you know, going to Ryerson or maybe coming up at, at, at St. Mother Teresa's Catholic Academy in Scarborough? Like, that's, you know, that's a decade ago now. And just how much yeah. has changed as far as from when you were 20 until now as far as the Canadian talent pool? I mean, it's just a recognition. I, I feel like the talent pool has always been there. It's just, you know, the, the basketball scene in Canada hasn't really been noticed like that in and every single year since back when I was in high school, it's just getting bigger and better. So I always thought that there was talent. Like anywhere you go, West Coast, East Coast, Toronto, GTA, Montreal, I always thought there was talent. And now it's just getting the recognition that it deserves at every level. Guard for the Edmonton Stingers, uh, Adika Peter McNeely joins us now. Peter, obviously you don't play guard, but you like to distribute the ball. Give me your thoughts on uh, Mr. Jokic. and He's the player we really haven't seen at the NBA level. As someone yourself, when you watch a guy that big, do you kind of marvel at what he can do? It's, it's honestly amazing. I mean, I think I saw somewhere earlier on Twitter it said uh, he's probably the best big man pass of all time, and I 100% agree. He just sees plays before it even happens at that size his iq his touch around the basket i mean it's no surprise that he's a two-time mvp that he's in the finals and he's going to be i don't know possibly nba champion or for sure in the future like it's just amazing at that size yeah but and then i think the one guy who's really changed the game is a position you play of course is steph curry 
and, and how he shoots the ball. And so when you're in Rice and you're there and you're watching, like, did, did it even change for you? Did you all of a sudden say, man, I got to start shooting threes here more? Like, did, did it really change? Because it seems like it's it's changed the whole game. Like, Steve Kerr allowed a guy to take shots where no one ever would have shot from before regularly, right? Oh. You can't shoot from there. And now it happens regularly. Like, from a guard perspective, how much did it change even your development at that age when you were in your early 20s? Oh, I mean, like, we would just always get up a lot of shots. I mean, in practice off days during the off season it was just every single day incumbent and getting up shots you know going on the shooting gun and getting up shots and working off the dribble because that before that time not many people would actually shoot off the dribble it was always catch and shoot Steph Curry came in and he started dribbling so a lot of us watching is like okay this is where the game is going this is how I'm going to be an even more dynamic player so I remember in the summer times working a lot just dribbling off uh, shooting off the dribble doing counter moves, coming off the ball screen. So for for Steph Curry, I mean, he's revolutionized the game for me, but even much more for the younger kids watching him. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine being a teenager or preteen watching Steph Curry every single night. Oh, it'd be crazy. Uh, quickly, let's get back to uh, your home game on Saturday. You're taking on the Ottawa Blackjacks. They're off to a really good start. Uh, from what you've seen in film, what do the Stingers have to do to slow down the Blackjacks? Well, the main thing is defense. Uh, that's where our, our, our MO is, right? Defense, our defense is going to create our offense. So looking at Ottawa and seeing those dynamic guards, we're going to have to stop them in the pick and roll and get out and run and feed off the home crowd. And that's, that's what I think we're going to have to do on Saturday. And then uh, one last one. How's the transition gone from teammate to head coach with Mr. Miss, Mr. Baker? How's that gone for you? Oh, it's been it's been it's been surreal actually, you know, playing I've known Baker since twenty fifteen. We played together in the university games and we played every single year until now. And I remember I think it was last game, I'm about to check into the game and I called him coach and I kinda called myself. I'm like, You were just my teammate <laughs> last year and now I'm calling you coach, but I'm extremely happy for him and it's just the growth of our friendship and our relationship moving forward. Adika, great stuff, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, continued success uh, starting Saturday night. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Adika Peter McNeely. Really good interview. So I love France. I like what he said. You know what? I like to you know, grow my life and learn different places and play different places. Being in Germany, France for a year, Romania, of course, uh, Edmonton. This is his fifth year. Likes to come home. And he's bang on. The CBL is really growing because I remember when it started, many people, even in Edmonton, I'm not sure. Like, is this really going to last? Because it really hadn't been a pro basketball league in Canada have any sort of sustained success. And you got to give them credit. The CEBL, not only have they, have they maintained it, they keep growing. And getting bigger. And now, of course, the Stingers, you know, originally the league owned all the team. Edmonton now, they got lots more individual franchises, which I think is better. Creates more competition. All right, you want a GM, you want scout. It's just, it's becoming more professional by the day. And if you haven't been to a game, I highly recommend it. It's uh, it's loads of fun. It's a great price. $5 beers, man. $5 chicken wings and burgers. $3 hot dogs. Like, it's it's a great deal. Great vantage point. Free parking as well. So, Check it out. This Saturday night is a home game for the Stingers against Ottawa. Then then a big week, actually. Then, then next Monday they're in Winnipeg, and then they're back home next Wednesday, a week today, against Saskatchewan. So uh, some opportunities for you. And then uh, even uh, next Saturday. So three of their next four. They got uh, starting this Saturday, uh, four games in the week. So uh, a really busy week coming up for the Stingers. Let's get to the uh, con man and a sports center update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your AC unit. Stay cool all summer at LegacyHeating.ca.